Hi, I'm 2021 Why Not Cam Awards winner Chelsea Poe. I'm here to tell you about my cam studio, Treasure Cams. Treasure Cams is a performer-led webcam studio owned by queer porn star Bella Vendetta. We welcome all 21-plus models who want to earn a paycheck from home as cam performers. We're open to all body types, genders, persuasions, and presentations. You get access to our performer-only forums, monthly team meetings, as well as help with promotion and marketing. For customers, check out treasurecams.com to see all of our models, schedules, and photos. Treasurecams.com. everyone welcome to the performers pod today i am here today with indie porn pioneer and 2022 xbiz cam awards nominee seska welcome to the podcast thank you thank you for having me i'm so excited to talk to you i've seen you so long we both work for treasure cam so i feel like i always see your stuff come across my timeline and yeah, I'm just so excited to talk to you. Yeah, my, um, it, my you show up in my feed, so, you know, we're oh, engaged. Yeah, we're... Good. With algorithms, um, one never knows. <laughs> I feel like it's there's so much to that in the industry where you see people and you kind of know a little bit about their life here and there, and then you never get a chance to talk or you're never on the same sets or all that stuff. So I'm really excited to talk to you. So I heard a very interesting thing that you said before. You said your first cam show was in the 90s. So yes, on November 17th, 1998. It was a Thursday, I'm pretty sure. As I started cam again, 2011. So even that, I felt like it was, Cam was still very much still not fully what it is now. Like, what was that even then? I'm just so interested. So then there were no networks. You, the websites themselves were um, just broadcasting to the members. So it was a membership uh, situation. I had befriended Carol Cox, who's one of the very, very, very first models I put in air quotes because she's very much a very sexually exhibitionist but complete introvert in real like in personal life but Mm. exhibitionally sexual anyway so she was this very ordinary woman who started this like was selling the video the VHS tapes that's how she started um with with a website and then um she happened to live in the town I lived in Montreal and she would do bar meets she had just given birth she was now finally like ready to go out again after a few months of maternity and I got to meet her and we became fast friends and she said uh you know maybe you should start your own website I was like maybe I should and then I said I will and she goes well why don't you come out on this cam show that I do and so that was the first one and it was it was I can't remember the amount of like I would have to go look in my archives but it was like either like three minute refresh or like one minute refresh, but it was minutes. And so we would be just for, and there was no like beginning, middle and end. We just were hanging out in this, you know, space and we were posing for the camera and then doing ridiculous things, posing for the camera. And yeah. That's so impressive that that was even possible. Yeah. And there was a lot of, and there was a chat room. And I mean, it was a big thing. It was like, we're going to, you know, 
everyone, the tech people were all talking it through because it was her husband as well as some other people who were there, you know, to, to manage this big endeavor to run a cam show. Yeah. And a chat room. That's just so impressive. I, the more I looked into your career, I feel like what you do, what you've done with indie porn and with camming in the nineties, it really predates what the modern industry is where everyone has to self-produce now. Everyone has to have a mini vids. Everyone has to have a clipped for sale and kind of all those apps. So what was that really in the nineties? Also, are you from Montreal originally? Yes. Yes. I'm originally from Montreal and I born, uh, you know, born and raised. And then I moved to Ottawa uh, six years ago. Oh, uh, to be yeah, I love my Ottawa. sister and her family and, and do, you know, do that. Um, and it's a very different space in Ottawa in general, um, but I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay here. Um, but yeah, then I feel like the beginnings of porn there, I feel like we're in a way coming full circle in that we were, you know, we, produced ourselves there, the, yes there was a mainstream studio business that was huge that was a big thing but yeah it was um, like the money the amateurs we were we called ourselves amateurs because we didn't um come from you know we were all in little towns or smaller towns and smaller venues mm-hmm. and we ran our own websites and we shot our own content and we edited and we built the websites they were ugly but all sites were pretty ugly back then but yeah it's the 90s it was just sort of the thing <laughs> Um, and we did, and then, but then we also like some people started running hosting companies for other solo or couples and other, and some people went into billing. And so there's still some people who are out there in the world who got to start, you know, their wife was like some TNA, you know, sort of Mm -hmm. not everyone did porn porn. Um, a lot of people also did, um, um, you know, just like, you know, pretty girl stuff. Um, so yeah, but we were all doing our own thing and we were all creating the tools, um, to do things, um, to do the camming, to do all of the streaming, to do, wasn't called streaming because there's no high speed then, but, uh, it was all, we did our own thing and we had to find, we also did our own marketing in, and traffic exchange. So let's say you had your website and I had Mm -hmm. my website we got, oh, especially back then I had brown hair with the bangs. So I'll go, oh, you know what? My fans might like your fans. <laughs> okay. Then we had these friends pages that were thumbnails and mm-hmm. we would just put the picture and you put your friends page. And then you were going, well, you're sending me this much traffic. So I'm going to put you here. So we'll send each other about this. Wow. And there was a lot of talking. Um, it was, I would say like really kind of chill about it. Respectful, just kind of um, a little community um, traffic generation. Was this kind of all, was this all over North America or was this just mostly? So Montreal, we had quite a few at one point. We had like a bubble of like a dozen people, but that's a lot. If you start doing combinations of people shooting together and then there would be like some little sort of studios based out of Carol because Carol's company became quite big. She had quite a big studio still shooting very um, girl next door white yeah. or milfy things yeah wholesome. Um, and then um but there was some people there was a porn audition studio and that kind of thing um and then there was a lot of people in kansas kansas city interesting not huh. uh, swingers there was a lot they were like well there's one couple they start a website then they meet some swingers in their town they're like you should have a website oh. and then and then a lot in florida i would say i could see the, that that was the thing and then there was probably people who would have to travel 
um, like one couple, like just a couple were in Las Vegas and now Las Vegas is like yeah, a whole other thing. It's so crazy. I mean, even in the last 10 years, Vegas went from, oh yeah, there's AVN there. Maybe one or two people live there to really being the hub if you want to be a okay. porn performer now. That's where you go. So yeah. what kind of got you um, into doing porn? Um, so I'm in my 20s, I'm in my 20s, mid 20s. I'm working in education. I'm not a teacher, but I work in schools and after school programs and things like mm-hmm. that. My partner at the time, he later became my husband and we were we did a, most of the, all my, like the late nineties to two thousands porn together and from mm-hmm. like all the different aspects. Anyways, he was working in a, like a statistics firm. So he's not doing very interesting work. I'm starting to burn out because I'm doing all this contract work. And sometimes it's like, you know, in the afternoon, sometimes I'm seeing a private uh, student till um, mm-hmm. like 11 at night. So I'm burning out. Yeah. That and it's not me. And there, I'm, there's also a ceiling of like how much money and how many hours you can make. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting depressing then, but we're like, kind of like looking to be swingery and kinky and fetishy. Mm. And back then, um, so the internet is like, just started having these like, um, listservs and bulletin boards. And there was this site called alternative Montreal that had like all the listing of like either like saunas and those sorts of places, mm-hmm. but also the fetish nights. And I'm start going to the fetish nights and I'm like, this is fun. And it's so showy and it's fun. And I'm such a nerd. Um, always been interested in sex, but not very sexually active, just yeah. active in the head. Uh, very, you know, it's always on the mind. And I was like, I think I want to live out my fantasies. Um, we decide to open up our relationship and then I meet Carol. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. And they're making good money. And so we're like, do you think I, you know, do you, but we know that it's <laughs> going to be a thing where if I start doing this, there's no coming back. Um, yeah. I won't be able to teach again. Um, and, and I feel like that got even worse, you know, um, I luckily, I was able to quit within three months. I did had a tiny overlap of doing mm. a porn site and I finished out my contract and then I was fine. So it didn't, I didn't end up damaging the reputation of the organizations I worked with. Like they didn't, I ended up telling like the owner, um, not the owner, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> like the director of one of them. And she was so adorable, She's a very old, older lady. And she was just like, is there children on this? I'm like, there are no children on this. <laughs> um, then she goes, then I don't see a problem because she was like a hippie. Oh, but yeah. She would have actually, it would have been a problem um, had parents found out. Um, yeah. Just because, um, especially back then, we all, you really were obsessed with, even even if you were just like a, a swinger, you you had to have pseudonyms, you know, because just now I feel like you go to swing club and you can say your real name. But back then, like, it's so scary. Anyway, um. It makes sense. I feel like it's all my muse now. Like it makes it it totally made sense that I would end up where I am. But I don't, but I wouldn't have known what the internet and porn would have become. Like that I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, but I also feel like being in not in literally LA at the time, it had to seem like porn was such a almost far off thing. Well, the porn mainstream porn. Yeah, mainstream porn was was um, I was sometimes inspired by porn. I hadn't seen a lot of porn, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, so I was I knew about the tropes and some of the things. And um, but this was really about documenting and having um, uh, maybe a certainly a performative version of my sex life. But it was 
you know, it was about me trying to just explore my sexuality and swingerness, some fetish, some kink, um, and write about it as well. I wrote a lot. A lot. It's a, not the best writing in the beginning, but I wrote a lot about it's it just, as well, what I felt about things. It's just so amazing that you were doing that in really a time where I think most people's expectations of porn were still just so mainstream when I think of 90s porn it's definitely the big fake boobs the blonde hair you know the whole gender even among the swingers even among the swingers I look different um I mean there was and then then there was a lot of blondes certainly a lot of people got breast implants um some people post children which sometimes bodies change and I get that you would do things Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was there was always some webmaster who was like, you make so much money if you've got breast implants. And I'm like, no, I can't handle an ingrown hair. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then the fact that I wasn't fully shaved, I, I had a triangle that was also like, um, but, but back then, if I were to grow it out, there's only like a handful of people who were like a little bit hairy back then. Um, but even then that was like different. How does it feel being so almost far ahead of what porn has kind of become where there's so many people who are now getting into porn for those very same reasons that I don't think thought it was possible before? I do think the cam world changed things. And the and the only fan type things, of course, but even camming, it was like you you were, unless you were in a really square kind of repressed life you might know someone who knows someone who's done camming or a Mm -hmm. cam model um that wasn't the case when I started we were really the only ones and we ended up just being friends with each other because it just I tried to like I joined a running group and I was just like I can't talk about my life but I kind of wanted I wanted to hear what like women my age were talking about and (laughs) how how was that (laughs) um I mean some of it was okay it was interesting because you would think I would have more body image issues and I had less I had some certainly um one of the things that I think um a lot of people can understand when you're a performer I you can't really change yeah like if you start as one thing you it's hard like the ones who change all their hair colors all the time if they stick to one hair color, then they, that wouldn't be good for them and their business. You're, you're always worried about your business model and your fan base. And then mm-hmm. it's, it, it's hard. So I would hear about some body image issues and I didn't, I had them, but I didn't have them. I, they, they just weren't the same as um, I was trying to remain the same, but of course I couldn't always because illness, aging, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. But they had a different, I don't know, they just had a different insecurity. But also the other thing was Carol Cox was the big person, like the big star of our scene. Carol Cox is 4'11 and she's a goofball and I'm sure she's still a goofball. <laughs> We're not in touch anymore, but she's a goofy, goof, a goofy lady and she has a huge fan base. So I wasn't trying to be the next Carol. I was just trying to be the best Seska I could be. Mm. But there's other people who come in and try and think like, why does she make, the- no, I, ugh, I'll be so much better than her because she's yeah. just so, she's, there's, a, there's a bit of an ordinariness to her as this housewife type person. But I was like, no, no, you, you, you can't, you just can't. 
She's got this fan base. They love her. You can't like kind of outdo her. So knowing that about myself, I also, when I would meet these like housewives on my running group, I also wasn't like comparing myself to them. I was just trying to be the best I could be as, and I don't know. I wasn't trying to please a husband either then either. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like the housewife situation was very, um, I could feel the tension in their existence that I just didn't have because I was like, what the fuck? Never mind. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I feel like I got my space. I got my, my, my site. I got, I got my way. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially being like either indie porn or a cam girl, you get this weird experience because there's all these people around the world who are telling you every single day on cam, wow, you're so pretty every single day. So you never have this thing where it's like the world doesn't view me as attractive. It's you know, the insecurities are coming internally where you're like, oh, I don't like this thing about my body. It's not really coming from the outside world as much where I feel like other people have so much negativity coming from the outside world, where because they don't have that thing where they're like, oh, well, of course I can get on cam and 500 men, even if they won't pay me, they're going to be like, wow, you're so hot, you know? Yeah, it's it, the any sort of there might be older other dialogue that's in our heads, but it's not going to come from them. And mm -hmm. you look at all the people who are in this business and there's people who are, you know, fit the uh, a standard or meet a standard and, ex, ex, you know, even more so. But then they have their fans and I have my fans. Yeah. Sometimes there's overlap, sometimes there isn't. Um, and though I now the comeback has changed things because I am very, very different than when I was in my, you know, amateur porn heyday. Mm -hmm. But I am so, but people who knew me then have just rediscovered me and they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, of course, yeah, I'm going to look older. Um, <laughs> in 20 something years, it's going to happen. Um, but there was at the beginning, I was like, do I have to look like I used to? I, I did question it a little bit, but it was not much I can do about it, you know. Yeah, I, th I think you look Nor great. Nor do I want to. The, the gray is amazing. Also, that's like so hip and cool now in indie porn anyway to dye your hair gray. So honestly, at first when I first saw you, I was like, oh, is that on purpose? Or is that, are they older? Or so at first I was like, oh, are they like a 30-year-old cam model or something? No, yeah, this is it. That's what <laughs> I had so much gray and I had it like in my 20, like around 25. And then, um, so in my 40s, I had, I retired from, um, like the porn site, I ran yeah. it like, but like posting old pics, I wasn't, it wasn't really monetized. I kind of mm -hmm. slowed down and everything. Um, and I also was just like, I want to see what it's like to look different. And so I shaved my head or buzzed it off. I had just like a little bit mm -hmm. and then I kept it short, but dark and kind of looked like a Winona Ryder type of buzz. The good and luck. then it was like, no, I'm going to let's stop dying it. And then and this came out and I was like, this is great. And I, and now I wouldn't, I just, I would save so much time and money. So, yeah, and it it's great. fun to have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's definitely very in right now too. So. Kind well, of and, and, and so it is funny because I do get a lot of comments on my hair in the cam shows and, but it's, it's always quite charming. Um, but now I have found, and I didn't know this, but I, and now that I'm 51, I'm in not the MILF category. I'm in the GILF category I'm a <laughs> granny tech, like according to porn um, yeah. and I I, I haven't I, I don't get that one I'm not there but that's because I'm never I'm not really a mom 
So in my head, I could never be a grandmother because I'm not a mother. So when people call me a grandmother, now I'm, I've gotten used to it. But first I was like, what? Oh, because I'm older. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. And I, now yeah. I whirl with it. But first I was like, I wasn't offended, but I was completely confused. Yeah. I can see how that would happen. Be like, wait, really? Are you sure? And be like, oh, okay. It's fine. And then and it's just like, everyone is also like, there's so many people who delay having children um, for various reasons. And so there's not that many 51 year old grandmothers that I know of. Um, so there's that. Um, so I feel like porn's gonna have to change again. Yeah, I think have to, they're gonna have to get, you know, up to date, catch up. <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to. That's the one thing about content trade that gives me hope because it's all the performers themselves. That's not some studio trying to figure out what to call you or what category to put you in, that it's actually you. It's like the one thing that really gives me hope about porn right now. Yeah. And then that you could do a little bit of something else, one thing and not another. Mm -hmm. um, you don't necessarily have to do, uh, I don't know, like the, um, the MILF one, because I went and listened to various interviews with some different people, not necessarily in my category, but in some of the other ones for that Expos Awards. Mm -hmm. And I happened across some podcasts or interviews and um, the whole stepmother thing I feel like it's not as it's it's gone down it's going away yeah not going away. I think or it's... maybe it's just not as hot and I'm 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 happy for that because I feel like there's so many ways to make things taboo and dirty without having to go there yeah it's always like I've been in a few movies like that where it's like oh I'm fucking my like stepsister or something <laughs> or like you know I feel like that was like the thing in the 2010s that was like okay yeah, I hope like, steps. you know, like the, it goes, I just feel like it's, I don't tend to use turn off, but I find it boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, I think at first when I got like my first script with it, I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is so taboo. And then like a few years later, I feel like it's every single porn where it's like my TS stepdaughter, number seven or whatever. It's just like, you know what it ends I up being like, good. Pizza, it ends up being like yeah. the pizza guy, like you're doing the delivery guy. I mean, it's just like, everyone's done the delivery guy. Okay. Now everyone's done their step siblings. So, <laughs> so this is the one I, so I like doing mother-in-law. That's um, a good one. That can happen. I want to, I haven't had it happen, but I want to do, um, because even though I'm my age, I could have people who are older come in mm -hmm. as my customers and cam and be my father-in-law. I haven't done oh. that. And I find that one, like, I'm wondering like all the different ways we could do that. Like, do I hate my husband? Do I love my husband? Um, is it because he's, you know, like, what could, who's this father-in-law? And the same thing with the mother-in-law, like, do I love my daughter? And I feel really bad cheating, you know, with her, her, her husband, or do I hate her? Am I jealous of her? <laughs> I go deep, deep. Yeah, you're like going into like the full emotional dynamics of yes, the situation I know, yes. in the character's I head. Why <laughs> and how do I feel about it? Because I do think a hate fuck is is fun. Oh, <laughs> Especially definitely. Especially in a fantasy. Also, like actual scenes where you get paired up with someone who you might have had some industry beef with. That's always fun because you're always like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then sometimes that works. 
Oh my gosh. That's where I'm glad I'm camming now. So I only have, I'm like, I don't, there is something amazing working with a peer, right? Yeah. um, Versus like the amateur. So I used to do back in the heyday, we'd do these big group parties. We, all these fans would show up and up to a hundred guys. And there'd be about five of us. There's always one um, the gangbang star. I was never the gangbang star. I don't never wanted to be. I was like the fluffer. So my <laughs> husband would just follow me around and I go, you, I'm going to blow you. You, I'm going to sit on your face. You. And I just get to be the boss of the, this. And I'd have a whole lot of fun. I pick who I'd want to be with my then partner. He's really good. Always knew all the angles to get me. And we have all this going on in the background, all this sex going on everywhere else. So I get a lot of people saying, Hey, I want to shoot with you, but they're, they have no, I only want to shoot with a pro yeah, or, for sure. or my peer. Mm-hmm. So they just understand that there's so much start and stop angles are weird. Then we got to redo it, but now for video or for pictures. And, um, and as I used to say with my, I was like, you don't decide when to come. I, my, my husband decides when to come and I tell you where, because I, and it's based on my content. Like, it's not where you want, you don't get Yeah. yeah so these, these guys want to be stunt cocks, but it's not, they don't actually want to be, no, they, so they want to have sex. Yeah. And if they meet, if you meet with someone who, who gets it, then that's great. Then they're, so I did end up meeting with someone who is not a pro, but he watches a lot of porn and understood it. So he's, he, he was reminding he, me, he goes, I think he studied it now. yes that's true we should Um, yeah yeah I feel like that's such a big difference um just like I feel like so many people who haven't been on a porn set just don't really know what it takes to be on a porn set and just kind of what goes into it and that's not just regular sex no it's 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 a workout it's stunt fucking it's so much lube yeah I need a lot of lube now I need (laughs) it's blown my mind um and and the smells I don't think especially like if you're doing if it's 100 men that's a lot of semen that's a lot of semen I, I've I've never been in a room with a yeah it's men, a strong so. smell you, got, you, you know you've got to go for it I remember um <laughs> they, we had a lot of crew and they, we didn't have some people had to bring their friends to hold the wires you know carry the wires around wow and they were just like, this is disgusting. I didn't, I'm never, <laughs> never coming to one of these things again. I can't believe this is your job, you know, talking to the other camera guys. <laughs> like, never yeah, that's a little bit a lot. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, what um, kind of made you realize that porn was for you? I mean, obviously you started doing it just like kind of here and there from getting introduced to like the fetish world. What really made you be like, I really want to pursue this and start a website? I just felt really at ease in front of the camera Um, and like I love being also like the like the the producer of the the, of it so Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be able to like I know no I know I could not do this if I was hired talent I don't have that in me to go um, you know this is what you want okay, I'll do that. It's more like what I want. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what my, my, you know, fellow performer, what do we, what can we do together? Let's build this thing together. Um, that actually quite thrills me. And I've done it in other worlds, which in burlesque, the same thing. I love collaborating. So I love collaborating versus like being higher talent. 
Um, I've done a little, like very, very little bit of that and it never went well. Um, uh, I'm a little too eager to please and boundaries. And I think I do be much better now and I would be mm. intrigued by to do something. And in fact, when I did my comeback, I was thinking, when I was thinking about doing my comeback, it's because I kept thinking about, I would shoot for Courtney Trouble. I would shoot. I would do it. Like I was thinking if I come back, maybe just do one, just do one off, one scene. Come, come to the Bay, I'll shoot, I'll shoot it. Let's yeah, do it. And I was like, I would do that. 100%. Um, and, you know, we discuss, I know <laughs> that like my tastes and what, you know, would make me feel good would be part of the discussion. I felt like this is what I wanted to do. So now then COVID happened because I made my decision yeah. to make my comeback before COVID. Yeah, I saw you right like get back into the industry like months before basically yeah just started right before and and was just dabbling like putting up old pictures mm -hmm. taking a few nudes seeing what you know testing the waters and it took me a whole year to figure out how to do it though in this new world yeah it, I'm sure you've seen so many differences in the last 10 years yeah the you use your pictures but you don't sell pictures yeah it's before people confusing. were excited by pictures and I have all these pictures and they're like, do you have video from that scene? I was like, we couldn't do video. People didn't have high speed. We, they, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't upload it. You couldn't download it. That's why I don't have any video of that, whatever that photo set. So I have a lot of photos from the early days. So now it's video. People want the videos. Um, I have to also do a lot of editing of the videos. I don't like that, but I do my best, you know, to make a little affiliate clip and this clip and then go. Ugh. I don't like yeah, that. you really have to know how to edit now. You have to really do everything yourself, which I think it's such a hard thing. I think the thing I kind of compare porn to is um, maybe like a very like artistic sport in a way, like maybe like um, gymnastics or figure skating where you have to come up with all the artistry and do all that stuff behind the scenes on top of being able to physically perform on set and be in the right mental headspace to do all that where I yes. feel like it's just multifaceted imagine now. if we had our equivalent of a sports psychologist for us not and I'm not talking about the stigma and mm -hmm. all those things but really about like okay you're gonna be doing this with your ass okay yeah I've gotten really into sports psychology. I've been listening to a lot of sports psychology podcasts. And honestly, it's very acclable because if you're a performer on a high level and you're getting nominated for awards, obviously your body can perform these things because you've been training your body. You've done all these things over time, but just being in the right mental headspace, that's kind of what it is on set because, you know, the lights might be taking too long. Someone might've missed a flight. So you have to shoot it like one or two in the morning at the end of the day, your body still has to perform. And it's just like really mentally getting to that spot, which I think is I, kind of the hardest thing. I didn't do it too much in porn. Um, um, but like there's the, you, you can start dissociating, you know, and just, mm -hmm. just kind of like going through motions. Um, and one of the issues I had, and so I like a lot of variety and it's one reason I'm non-monogamous. I get bored very quickly. You do not want to date me because after about <laughs> a year, my sex drive for you is gone. And I don't know how to change that. And I, I've tried, I've done the hot monogamy books. I've done all the, I did that. Um, it's unfortunate. So, but the same thing can happen if I have a long time shooting partner. Hmm. I get kind of like, eh, I don't really want to shoot that person. Um, 
so that happens. That happened for me. And um, like, I just started getting, I could feel the walls going and I don't want, I want to be in the moment. I want to be present with my sexuality. Yeah. I'm so worried about, I'm so always obsessing about fucking up my sexuality for like long-term and just becoming mm -hmm. like a shell or a, I don't know, just, I don't know what, because I want to do this work and I want to have yeah. pleasure from it. So I have to always tweak it. It has to always be changing. And luckily the business changes and then great thing about camming it's always different even if yeah, you, you offer never the same know five things it's going to be a little different yeah you might have someone come in with a fetish who you never heard of before and you're like oh okay I'm already oh. this whole new thing yeah and I'm interested <laughs> okay let me see about that let me I and usually the because I'm so experienced I can tap into the under what's erotic about a fetish even if I'm not fam that familiar with it I can kind of unpack that really quickly um, so that's good. That's good. Um, and it's, I think it's one of my strengths, um, as a performer, I can kind of figure it out. Yeah. I feel like just being a performer, you really have to have an accessible knowledge of your actual sexuality and really know it inside and out. And I feel like that's such an underappreciated thing that we have that I don't think most people who think about porn realize because they just think, oh, you're just having sex on set. It's easy as that. And you really have to know yourself. Even the parts of your sexuality that you're like, oh, I didn't know I was into that. Then you have to have like, an uh, like for me, I think I'm like a curious person. So hmm. I'm curious about my own. Um, and I found that actually during the whole COVID thing, because I did everything by myself and it was the longest partnered celibacy I've ever had in my life um, since starting having sex at 18. Yeah, it was the longest. And I just got like into me. I got really into me. I think I've, I've discovered things about myself that I, that me now, like obviously, mm -hmm. you know, just at this age with this body that's changed because I went through the change. <laughs> so when you came back into porn, what kind of were your expectations? Because leaving for 10 years, I mean, basically that was my entire career. I came in like around 2011 and then um, so much went down that yeah. time. So during that time, I did was still in the sex industry. Uh, in it was non-criminalized in Canada. I don't know what I'm allowed to say on this podcast. Oh no! I mean, honestly, okay. it varies so much from every country to country. Okay. Because yeah. So I was doing in person. Um, mm -hmm. Internet was really porn was horrible in 2008, and so I was like, oh. Things were going down and our bill, I had lots of billing companies twice, right? Mm -hmm. um, Courtney will remember this and Bella uh, will as well. We all struggled um, with our billing companies. So I was just like, do I do in person? I obviously I was in the sex worker activism. I knew a ton of strippers and escorts. I knew I couldn't strip, like stripping was not going to happen. Yeah, same. I, that, that I feel is you. a hustle <laughs> that I cannot do. I, I I'm one of those dance. people like, you don't want to dance for me? Okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'll just go sit here. Like, I don't think I could do that in-person charm uh, that is required. I also don't yeah. think my body could have handled that kind of, it's a very, very strenuous. Very thing. intense. Um, so I was like, okay, do you think I could do escorting? So I was like, well, I'll, I'll try it. And uh, I did, I liked it. It was, it was good. I really was worried I wasn't going to like connect with the men. Mm -hmm. um but I was able to find ways um I mean I I won't but I don't think I was that good at it now in retrospect 
Um, I did my best. Uh, but I mean, it, it's a hustle as well. Like you just, you have to have so many clients, you have, it's, it's scheduling, marketing. Um, and then of course we had, um, Canada did end up decriminalizing and then a new law came in that was worse than like, we were briefly decriminalized briefly or the law was like, you know, um, was unconstitutional and then a new worse law came in play. So then I, that I didn't like, and it was really hard. It made it much more dangerous. And I was like, I'm, I'm out. So I went and worked at a restaurant, <laughs> did that for a year. <laughs> I worked at a sex shop for a couple of years and I was making like just minimum wage type stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard with my resume to get other work. And I didn't know how, but part of me kind of wanted to get out of the industry, but then spending two years away, two and a half, three, I was like, mm -hmm. no, no, I need back. I need my people. I, yeah. I don't feel it at home here. Even in the sex shop, I didn't feel like um, I thought I did good work because because I was the older person in the sex shop, I got all the cancer patients and all the older women mm -hmm. and uh, coming in with dry vaginas going, help, help. And I was the older person who could help them because I had some knowledge as anyway. So it did, was rewarding. On but I wasn't happy. So then I started having those dreams. Like I said, I was like dreaming about getting back, going back, going back. And I was like, okay, I think I need to do this. I got to find a way. Um, and I have all this content. I'm going to do it. So I hired Courtney for a consultation to say, what is out there? What? Oh, really? That's so great. Oh, yeah. I was going to, you know, I pay, oh. I pay. And I knew, like, I was like, I see Courtney on Twitter doing things. So I was yeah. Like, yeah. And then, um, I did pretty okay with OnlyFans, but they kept changing and it was glitchy and it was frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I still had all of my old content um, was in a website that I got a tiny bit of money from. And then I was like, maybe I need to reboot this whole thing. So I contacted. So that's with my site, my pay site partner, part of Stunner Media. This guy, Kenny runs it. I've known Kenny since 1999. So oh, wow. So I'm like, Kenny, I think I want to start. He goes, okay, we're going to, we're going to work on a website for you. We're going to relaunch it. So I don't, I didn't create my, all the, the nice, any of it. I do update it. And I'm the one who does all this, you know, the content management system, but you know, now I'm part of a structure, you know, a network and I don't have to do all the web mastering like that, like that detail. That's stuff. great. No more, no more code. There's no code. Um, and so I, yeah, I did about six months of OnlyFans and I tried a few of the different fan sites, but they, you know, they kept changing. Everything kept changing. Yeah. And I was just like, I need some stability. So I said, bye-bye fan sites. Let's just throw it all behind Seska.com. And when I did that, I also said, I need to cam. I need something like, I can't just put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, and then Bella was launching treasure cams. And I don't know how I know Bella. I cannot remember. <laughs> I mean, I guess Massachusetts and like no, Quebec no. isn't that I, far away. I don't, really? I feel like with something with NOFO, Courtney's NOFO, like it mm -hmm. somehow we knew each other. Yeah, Bella's very involved with Trouble Films and we've done a yeah, few Yeah, there was some it, sort so. of like, I must have had been on a maybe some sort of indie message list at some point. I, who knows? Anyhow, <laughs> and then... I was like, I think I want to do this. And Bella said, I had been thinking you should do it. And I was like, okay, great. Okay. That's great. So I did, uh, then I started camping. So it's a great compliment doing both of them. And I was the main reason though, obviously I wanted to earn a living 
like give it one more shot to make some good money before I retire, like, because I'm 70 uh, and probably just need to retire at 70 or thereabouts. Um, I was like, what does it look like to be 50 years old and making independent porn? What does that look like? Who's doing that? I'm sure there's other people doing it, but there's no one like me doing it. So no one with my history doing it. Mm-hmm. There's some fetish models that are still around. Nina Hartley is still around, but Nina Hartley, yeah. Nina Hartley. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And there's some people who still do some things who I knew of. Um, so, but there's not, it's, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. And especially doing it, I'm doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't have a husband now. I'm divorced. So it's just me. So what does just me look like as a sex performer without the safety net of a partner being my holding the camera? What does that look like? I wanted, yeah. And it's been great. Yeah. I mean, you earned a XBiz Camera Award nomination. Like how validating does that feel after coming back? It feels great. It feels good also because I know like it's, it's a, it's a vote by fans and our peers. So it's like Mm -hmm. people who are like, Hey, I like what you're doing. I'm going to click on this button. Um, So the fact that enough people clicked to get the nomination and I'm not, I don't have the, like a 10 K or more Instagram following. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. A lot of the other performers have really big sort of those followings. So that was really nice. It felt really good. Well, congratulations on that. I mean, that's just such a huge accomplishment. Do you have any plans if you win? Do you have a celebration plan in so mind? I have, I've decided it's not so much that I, I don't really have an expectation or a big desire to win, but I do have a big desire and I'm going to go to Miami. Decide to go to oh, Miami. You're going to Miami for I'm it? I'm going. So oh my God. part of it is just, I want to meet people again who do this and meet the people who are the the this the guys who work and the gals and the people and the folks mm-hmm. who work at Streammate who we don't get to see um you know when you're just dealing with you know customer support or whatever yeah. um i want to see like who's out there and who's doing what and also i i think i would love to be like um so in burlesque what's quite fun and i was in the burlesque scene for 10 years like i at one point you become like the senior person. So there's like a 21 year old that's starting up and doing her thing. And it's her first time. And she's got that energy and it's good to have people of different ages and different levels of experience there to um, just to show that you can be okay doing this. Yeah. And that you can have fun, you can make money or, and you're going to have challenges. And I just feel like it's good. I want to have that kind of experience in the flesh. Definitely just take that moment in. I mean, that has to just be so great to come back and, you know, be up for a major award and get to go to Miami in the middle of, it's coming up, right? It's pretty soon. It's in two weeks. I decided yeah. last minute. I was just like, okay, COVID's going a little bit better over here. Okay. I've got all the vaccinations. I'm all good. Um, <laughs> it's a big deal for me because I, um, I was during all of this, I lived with my mother as well. Mm-hmm. I now live on my own. I just last month I moved out, but I've been caregiving for my mother who has mm-hmm. cancer. And somehow, somehow we negotiated a way because she's also deaf. So she was like, I don't hear you. Don't worry. But I'd be in my room camming and she'd be doing, she's often be sleeping, but, mm-hmm. um, and she, um, yeah, I've been through a year. I've been through a year. And then I also, I also got cancer <laughs> during of this and I had to take a break from camping but I just want to go celebrate like the summer with the sun and the ocean and 
you know, like, yeah, celebrate that I'm here. I mean, I feel like porn doesn't get that many narratives written about us, but like that you came back, that you're going through cancer and that you're still getting nominated for one of the highest awards. Like that's a real sentimental feel good story. Like it feels good. Yeah. Congratulations. Like you deserve to really take all this in. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, just to, my mom will not listen, be listening to this nor anyone <laughs> who knows my mother, but my mother and I had a horrible falling out when mm-hmm. I came out at the beginning in the early two thousands, like she could not wrap her head around this at mm-hmm. all, at all. She really thought it was my, my then husband that pushed me to do this. And then when we got our divorce, she was really there for me. And she said, she's, we were in the, she were buying some sort of, she was helping me buy some new furniture because I was sleeping on the floor. And she, she goes, we we're in Ikea. And I start crying when she tells me this, but she's like, I understand it was you. You wanted this for yourself. I know it's oh you. Oh my God. So from there on, we've been working on a relationship to the point where I could live with her and take care of her and work in like, I mean, I had soundproofing everywhere, but yeah. Um, and, but she would be so hilarious. I would come out after a shift. She goes, how'd it go? I'm like, oh, really good. Da, da, da. <laughs> you know? And then I was like, I'm really surprised. The Sunday is so good. And she goes, well, that's because no one goes to church anymore. Like she's funny <laughs> about it. And she laughed with it. And also during COVID, like I, she goes like, who are these people that are coming? Oh, well, I was like, it's men, you know, and people are lonely and they just want to have a nice time. And, and then they want to turn off the computer and get on with their day. She goes, in French is, il y a besoin. Well, there's a need. <laughs> and you have to understand it's like said with the cute old lady oh there's a need. yeah yeah and I, so that's also the sentimental story of like a healing journey for me and my mother because she comes from a totally different background and a very mm-hmm. very square 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 background wow yeah. that I see this is why I want to have this podcast because there's stories like that that there's no reason that would come up in a normal interview like any of this stuff you know no and that's just like, honestly, heartwarming. And yeah, that's like the real stuff that I feel like this is all just trying to get to. So thank you so much for sharing all that. Well, that's you're really welcome. Special. Thank you. Yeah. So I have one more question for you. This okay. is my only kind of buzzfeedy clickbait question. Okay. Um, if you could magically change one thing in porn, that's totally different tomorrow when you wake up, what would it be? financial stability with with billing yeah like legit like solid 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 around the world yeah and without any strings attached like uh, some weird uh, verification of uh of our clients i think that's that's we're not yeah so yeah financial is it stability? Is that the right word? Transparency? Um, anyway, I want us yeah. to be able to like, and like uh, from bank, from their credit card to our bank account, stable. Yeah. No one seizing any bank accounts or closing bank accounts. Closing, they find nothing. out you're involved in sex work. And trans- yeah. you know, and it's all transparent for, especially for us. Cause I like, I like knowing uh, who's getting what cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel yeah. like that's such an important thing. And yeah, even in countries where some stuff is decriminalized or even in like America where porn is legal and I pay taxes, you know, I still had my PayPal shut down. I had my Google wallet, shut, like everything, you know, where it's just kind of a basic thing that happens to sex workers. In Canada, what, what is our issue is 
uh, a lot of the banks just won't put money behind like this when we started we couldn't do any billing really in Canada they just were like this is too unknown we don't know this is in the two you know 90s and 2000s and I feel like they just never really you know bank banks just never bought into the adult business they were too worried for lawn money laundering and things like that so um we don't have Venmo we can't they, they they they're too scared we can't even we can't even have Venmo even if you're not a an adult or anything like it's wow yeah they're just yeah. The banking I think we have actually like safer banking in many ways um but still like it just it's hard to get even you know the business off the ground even yeah um trouble films goes through this bank called Veritel in the Netherlands that you know it's one of the few countries that actually view sex work as a legal job and, and like you can do it job. as an independent uh company not a big like for the other ones for those companies epic mm-hmm. uh epoch sorry and um the other ones you you I just so they just added a new billing company and what I had to I had to send a ton of documents to prove that I'm adult. I love that I'm 51. I have to prove my age. <laughs> Fun. Um, but it was also like to make sure I'm not escorting via my website, which I'm not. I've I yeah. I I've definitely retired from that. Um, I'm also just having so much fun camming compared to escorting. So yeah, I'm the yeah. one touching my body. So it always feels good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, <laughs> I've been camming for a little over a decade. So it's now to me, I'm like, oh, I'm just masturbating in my studio room or my spare bedroom as opposed to, oh, I'm giving a performance for a person, you know, like I feel like yeah, at some point I, it becomes thing- that. The thing is when you're doing escorting, like I remember, like I would say, go slow, they go fast, they do this, they go that, oh no, I really want to suck on your earlobe. And I'm like, yay, but I'm not getting <laughs> off today. <laughs> you know, um, but if someone wants to talk about sucking on my earlobe, I can be doing this and then touching that. And I yeah, have a great I time. Can, I can do that. I can have a AirPod in the other ear and be listening to a podcast and totally tuned out. I'm not, I don't think I can. Oh, that. that's, that's the secret. Especially if you have longer hair, you just hide it right there. Oh, you're, you're fine. Yeah. Multitask. <laughs> oh yeah. That's definitely how I do it. Because, you know, you're on cam for like three hours. You're like, well, it a lot of people dull. like also, like I know for me, I'm, I cam in this position. I lean back, spread the leg, lean back, spread the leg, <laughs> lean back, spread the leg. Um, because most people want to see the natural bush. So, and I, when I moved, what I realized I had all this body memory for the other location. So I was like, I am not leaning on anything over here. <laughs> that no longer is a piece of furniture. Um, so that was, um, again, like amusing, but it just showed that I was like really, um, getting used to the work, but in a good way. Like it was just like, I have a flow for me. It was flow, not yeah. like blase, but flow. So. <laughs> well, I had such a great time talking to you. Can you tell everyone where to find you on social media? So social media, um, Seska on Twitter, just plain old S E S K A on Instagram. I do have one that I, I do. Um, I have like two. So I have Seska Lee L E E. That one's like a little bit more personal cat pictures, gray Aww. hair. And I do have a bit of my on cancer and getting older, but it tends to be just a, a little bit lighter. And then I have pretty girl pics on the real Seska. Um, and, um, and then my website is Seska.com. And of course I use the real Seska when I uh, cam. That's my cam. Well, 
best of luck at XBiz. I hope you take the moment in and really just enjoy it. Like, oh, I will. I will. All the all the success. I thrifted a dress. I'm so. Oh my god! I can't wait to see photos. I'm sure it will be all over the timeline. So thank thank you you. so much, and bye, everyone.